Today we're going to interview my friend Angela. So get ready for a fun conversation. Hi guys, what's up? Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Lisa, if you're new here. Be sure to subscribe, I post new episodes every Wednesday. Today we're gonna interview my friend Angela, so it's gonna be a good time. Let's begin. Hey guys, so before my podcast hits its one year anniversary and is concluded, I had to have on the show today my good friend, Angela. Um, So I'm gonna call her right now and hope that she answers and I'm gonna ask her some fashion and faith questions so you guys can get to meet this awesome person, this awesome friend of mine named Angela, okay? So let me FaceTime this lovely lady and see if she answers. Here we go. Hey, Angela. Hi, Lisa. How are you? (laughs) I'm good. I'm with my podcast listeners right now. I thought we would just surprise you and ask if you could sit down with us and answer some questions. Would you be up for that? Yeah, absolutely. That sounds great. Are you doing anything right now or do you have a couple minutes? Nope, I've got time to chat for sure. Yay! (laughs) Okay. Well, um... I have 10 questions picked out for you, if you don't mind. That's I th- good. I thought they would be fun to ask you. And they're all related to fashion, faith, you know, and kind of like our friendship and everything like that. Perfect. So, so let's start off with, um, let's tell our listeners how you and I met. Okay. I believe it was 2010. <laughs> St. James, the church across the street from your house, and I believe they were having a benefit dance for the hurricane that happened in Haiti about 10 years ago. Um, I remember arriving with a few friends and not knowing too many other people, and then meeting you, and it was such a wonderful and and joyful experience. (laughs) And I had seen you here and there in various other young adult Catholic circles, I think at... uh, uh, maybe theology on tap, but definitely Catholic underground, oh. and, which was so great, and it was so nice to finally, you know, put a name to a face and oh. you know establish what you know has turned to be almost a decade long friendship, which is wonderful. I know I'm so grateful. That was such a fun season of our lives. Like, yeah. you know, we were both single. We were like just doing stuff with young adult groups, and yep. you just didn't know who. God was going to put in your life and who was going to be significant and who was going to stick around. And it was just, yep. it was fun. It was really fun. And I'm so glad God had you stick around in my life. <laughs> oh, amen. Such a blessing. I remember that night so well. And like after that dance, that benefit dance, um, do you remember there was a house party at my house? Yes, and I do. Came, right? I, yes, I did. I think so. I think you still had the doves at that time. I did. I had pet doves, which yep. proceeded to come out of the cage and fly around and land on people's heads. It was crazy. <laughs> and like, I wasn't even planning on having that house party, but there was this guy, I'll just name him Greg. Well, actually, okay. His name is Greg. I don't think it matters. And um, he had met his wife, although he didn't know it at the time at oh, the dance. Yeah. yeah. And um, 
I think I can say her name, Juliana, <laughs> my, oh, okay. my, um, my daughter's godmother. And, um, he just wanted to spend more time with her. And so he was like, Lisa, can you, can, can you just have like a house party back at your house? And I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay. Well, if I do, like, you're going to have to clean up this and I'm going to have to run home and get ready. And, oh, that was such a great night. It was so much fun. And that's when I met you. Wow. That's, that's a great story. I didn't know there was a little matchmaking involved there oh. too. There was, it was, he, he was like, it's an emergency. I need to keep hanging out with her. And I was like, okay, I don't have much food at my house, but we will throw an after party right now. Great. You know, thanks be to God, you know, got the prompting of the Holy Spirit and you were willing to be flexible. That's awesome. And my house was so crowded. There was like standing room only. Oh yeah. And it was, it made me feel so good because I had recently bought the house too. And so to fill it with, with smiling people was just it was great. All right. So tell us um, a little bit about yourself, Angela. Okay. Well, my name is Angela Johnson. I'm a nurse practitioner in an urgent care clinic. I've been doing that for about three years now. And prior to that, I worked as a registered nurse for about seven years uh, prior to that. Um, I've been Catholic all my life grew up in a very Catholic household, and it's really been something that's really important to me and very much a part of who I am. Um, I've been married uh, to my wonderful husband, Marty. We just had our second anniversary here mm -hmm. on June 9th. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'd say... Marty is such a wonderful man. I'm very blessed, that's yeah. for sure. Yes, and I'm glad I I'm glad I knew you before you met Marty. Right. And then I was able to see your prayers answered and fulfilled in him and you know, it was just great. Was amazing time, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. Yes, thank you, Lord. <laughs> okay, here's question number 2. Um can you describe your fashion style to us, Angela? Okay, well, Fashion, unfortunately, is something I don't feel that I'm too, too savvy in. I'm definitely more of a uh, comfort fashion uh, person, I would say. I, I, and I asked Marty this. I said, how would you even describe my fashion? He's like, Ange, you are a jeans and t-shirt kind of girl. And that is <laughs> definitely the truth. Jeans and t-shirt or comfy clothes, soft clothes. That's very much uh, what I gravitate to. And now, you know, I certainly, I'm sorry. There's nothing wrong with that. Like, I feel like jeans and a t-shirt is very classic and functional, you know? <laughs> and if, mm -hmm. it, if it makes you feel good and makes you feel like yourself and you can do what you need to do, then it's serving you. You know what I mean? That's good. Thank you for that, that reassurance there. Yeah. I certainly do like to, to dress up from time to time as well. Like, I think it's fun to put on a nice dress and try to you know, do something with my hair, put some makeup on. I do enjoy that as well. But on the, the regular every day, it's definitely, you know what, if it's clean and it's ready to go, that's, that's my style. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool. And you know, it's funny. I, so you pr pretty much will wear jeans like every day, right? That you're not at work or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's so funny. Cause I, I will admit, like, I cannot stand jeans. And it's not that I don't like the look of them. I do. Like, I wish so much I could wear jeans. But I am, I'm never, like, fully comfortable in jeans. I don't know 
if I like to just bend over a lot or like, or what, but I can never like get my jeans to like truly match the way I want to move my body. If that makes sense. Absolutely. I don't know. My husband thinks that I just need to like pursue a good pair of jeans more and like go to maybe some high end brands, mm-hmm. but I'm also not willing to spend money on a good pair of jeans because I haven't yet encountered a good pair of jeans. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I would even say, I know you do a segment on fashion frustrations. That's probably one of my biggest ones is, man, finding a good pair of jeans. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so elaborate more on your fashion frustration, Angela. (laughs) Okay, well, I would say my biggest fashion frustration um, is that it's really hard to find you know, cute and functional clothes for women anywhere from mid twenties to, to mid thirties, maybe even into early forties as well. <laughs> I were just at, at a mall not too long ago and I'm thinking, okay, you know, I'm definitely not a junior size anymore. The, the clothes that, you know, like the high school girls or the college girls are wearing, you know, the short shorts and the short dresses, the tight little tops. And then, well, I'm certainly, I'm thinking, wow, I'm not really a, a Mrs either because some of these clothes just look like oh my gosh my mom who's in her 60s I don't even think she'd wear them with for fear of looking like <laughs> like an old lady so it is really hard to just find cute functional affordable you know clothes that work for you and your mm. body type um, in this era especially you know back to the comment where you were talking about jeans I will say at least in my opinion the best jeans that I have found for my size and body type, which has certainly changed a bit since I've gotten married, are New York and Company. And I think they've oh, got really? it even in Lancaster. Those are the only jeans that I've found that are, that are like, again, functional and affordable. And affordable too. So don't, don't throw jeans all the way out just yet before, before checking them out. Okay. That's, <laughs> that's so interesting. Okay. So I'm, I'm really want to talk more about this frustration piece because it gets so exciting oh, yeah. to me, like to talk about fashion. Sure. So I heard what you said. You said like, okay, obviously you're not in the junior section anymore. So you go over to the misses, missies. Section. Right. Missies, I think. I, right. I want to talk about that word for a minute because. Please do. <laughs> Because I think that word is confusing and could be misleading. Right. And I'm not 100% sure sure what it means, except I suspect it means more full-figured women. Do you get that impression? Potentially. Or, like I said, maybe just geared toward women, more so middle-aged women even? I don't not- think so. I think it's I think it's specifically for full-figured women. Okay. That's I've thought about that before, but that could be. But I don't know why that's the word that's chosen because Right. Wait, is it is it misses? How do you spell it? I think it's M I S S E S. So maybe it is misses. I'm not sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's talk about that. So if it's missies, I think you're right. It's M I S S E S, missies. Right. Okay, and this the so the weird thing about that word is like, who do we call Missy? It's like who am I gonna be like, hey Missy, come over. <laughs> like usually if you hear the word Missy, it's when a young girl is misbehaving and right. her father or mother says, Hey Missy, what do you think you're doing? Right. So 
that's not appropriate for where the sign is in the store. It's not for a right. young person, but yet none of us, I don't, I just don't get it. Anyway, I think the word, and I could be wrong. I think it has to do with full figured women. Okay. And so if you're in the Missy's department, I believe you're in the wrong place for your body type. I believe that. Anything <laughs> there. What did you say? I said, I believe that because I can't find anything there. <laughs> okay, now here's my other concern. It sounds to me like you're in a large room, like a department store. Hey. <laughs> um, so, so did you walk from the junior section directly to the Missy section? I think they bordered each other. So I think kind of once you made your way to one end, you kind of wound up on the in the junior side. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, there's nothing here for me. What a... What a wasted trip this has been. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I guess the funny thing I'm thinking about is I think that you might have more success finding clothing that you really like and get excited about if you did not go into a department store and instead went into like a boutique or something like that. Like, how do you feel about that? I'm certainly open to it. I think I've noticed in the past that the price of clothing in boutiques tends to be a little bit higher so that's um, and I'm fairly budget conscious for sure I, gotcha. I definitely uh, appreciate a good deal so <laughs> it may be a little bit of a deterrent but you know if you can't find anything in a department store it's definitely something I'm worth I think is worth looking into for sure yeah I see what you mean I do yeah department stores can have fantastic sales exactly and then but but i do notice sometimes like if i get something on sale at a department store and sometimes it will literally cost me three bucks right it's so funny i won't reach for that item as much interesting and i wonder if it's because i know like oh that was only three bucks which is hmm. so strange that, that is a point for sure I don't know, like, did I mentally train myself to, like, devalue the item because it was purchased so inexpensively? And then do I train myself to appreciate more or care more for items that are more expensive? That's not right, but I don't know if that is what I'm doing self-consciously or self-consciously. I mean, subconsciously. Right, 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 right. You know, I think I've noticed some of my favorite clothes are some that I've found on, like, the cheap rack at a thrift store. You really? Know, just Right, some stuff that's like, oh, this is somebody else's hand me down, but if it fits and it looks good, I'm I'm going for it. So I that's I do appreciate if you can get a good deal even at thrift shopping, I'm I'm down for that too. You're, that's you're so right. And and actually my favorite summer dress that I am wearing constantly was eight dollars. Oh, that's awesome. And it's like I just love it so much, I wear it all the time. <laughs> okay. Next question. Um okay. what is your favorite fashion accessory to wear, Angela? Favorite fashion accessory? Ooh, let me see. I would have to say, and this is blending a little, I guess, faith and fashion. I have, and I'm, you've commented on it before, actually, Lisa, I have a really, fairly big Virgin Mary. It almost looks like a dog tag. I love um, it. It's uh, like a metal silver, um, like a rectangular upright uh, metal shape mm -hmm. with a, a, Mar a Virgin Mary kind of um, emblazoned on it. Mm -hmm. And uh, a gift from my, my grandfather who has since passed away. So I have my Virgin Mary, my miraculous medal, I guess. Yes. I guess your miraculous medal. I've got that on um, all the it. time. 
Yes. And in addition to that, I have a little medal of uh, Blessed Pier Giorgio Frassati, mm. uh, who shares his feast day um, with my birthday on July 4th. And after I learned about him, I just really just fell in love with his story and mm. I prayed for his canonization. He was a young man in Italy who was from a very wealthy, well-to-do family and really um, parents, Catholic by name, but certainly not by practice, you know, and just heard of his stories about how he would, you know, wake up maybe at two or three in the morning so that he could sneak out of his room to go to daily mass before going mm. to school and how he, you know, would be given money to maybe take an expensive vacation, but he would be spending it on the poor, food for them, medicine for them. And that really just touched my heart. Um, and he passed away actually very young, I believe, at the age of 24. So the same age as St. Therese, another special saint to me. Um, his cause has been up for, for canonization. So I always keep him, keep him close to me as well. Yeah. Actually, when I was in Poland for World Youth Day 2016, they had brought um, his coffin, because he's incorrupt, um, to one of the churches. And I got to pray there. Really? Um, for his uh, uh, his body, which was wow. real. That's where I got this medal, actually, from where they had that uh, display going on. Wow. And the last thing I have was actually a gift from you. It's oh. a very tiny little St. Benedict medal with a prayer for exorcism, which has been so... I appreciate having so much, especially because I work in healthcare and I'm on the front line of, you know, the, the pandemic currently, and we're still seeing cases of folks who are coming in, you know, quite sick, so it's it's good to have a little extra protection. I am so honored that you're wearing the St. Benedict medal I gave you, Angela, and you can see I have mine on here, too. Can you see that? Oh, okay. I feel like... Oh, oh is that a St. Benedict? I was going to ask yes. you what that was. It's so beautiful. Isn't it? Thank you. I love it. I feel like this is the summer, uh, well, the season of St. Benedict medals, because just like you said, like there's a prayer of exorcism on it and it is a sacramental specifically for uh, preventing bodily ills. And so I have just been buying them in huge bags and just trying to distribute them as much as I can and get you them blessed first. For one or two, would I be able to have one for my mom? Absolutely. I, she's like, I said, would you want one if I could go? And she's like, oh yeah. So sure. that's okay. Do you need any more than just one more? Um, let me find out. I'll double check and I'll see. Okay. But thank you. Absolutely. I, um, like we're having a house built as you know. Right. And so we, when we go down to visit the house, we've been dropping little metals into the foundation so that they will like, you know, be stuck in the concrete. Field in the house, right? <laughs> yeah. Ah, no, that's good. So, and I know for our non-Catholic listeners, that might be you know, it, it, it's, there is a fine line between, um, you know, and these are not talismans. They are not good luck charms. Between like faith and superstition. Right. We have to be so careful there. These are to be images that remind us and should be like, almost like battery packs to our faith, right. And encourage us. So anyway, yeah. Like, so sacramentals, you know, there has to be a good understanding of what they are but certainly especially if an item has been blessed we want to be reverent right it is not god but it is something that we should respect out of love for god if that sort of makes sense right i don't know but um yeah yay well i'm so glad to see those things around your neck and it's so funny i i love jewelry um 
not not to say that it's just jewelry because it isn't those are like blessed metals are very important and right. have tons of meaning but i love i love 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 to see the same thing on a person because it shows the significance of that item to that person right so i can even remember when i was a little girl in elementary school i went to a catholic elementary school you know okay if I saw my teacher with a miraculous medal, I looked for it every day. I looked for it to be there. I knew right. that when she would read us a book, she would play with the miraculous medal. You know what I mean? Right. And it's just, it's so funny how, like even knowing that I'm gonna see you, Angela, here on FaceTime, I looked to see that you had your miraculous medal on. Cause it's like, <laughs> it's just something I'm used to. And I hope that my children, I hope that they will appreciate seeing the same right. religious jewelry on me as I did in the people in my life. Right. You know what I mean? So, okay. Let me go to the next question. Okay. All right. Can you tell us about your faith in God? Can you summarize that for us? Sure. Um, like I said, I've been, I've been Catholic my entire life. Um, it's always been something that has been, you know, important to me, maybe I didn't fully understand it as a child, but as I kind of grew up and came through my late high school years and my, and my college years, it really became something that became more of central or a pillar, you know, mm. in my, uh, even in my college years, I was a member of uh, the Newman Club at York College, which was a Catholic club. And I would say uh, some of my best friends from my college years, I met through um, the Newman Club, and we're still in, in contact today. Mm. Um, I try to um, make it to Mass daily. Mm. I'm not always great about being there on time, I'm not going to lie, especially if it's a day that I have to work and I have to get up really early to get to Mass you know, beforehand, but there's just something so special about receiving Jesus at the beginning of your day. Mm. You know, don't I don't get that in my whole day just it doesn't set right you know it, it really is my whole day feels off you know without mm -hmm. without having that that communion that that interaction mm -hmm. with that. um so it sounds to me like a big component of your faith angela or like the pillar of your faith that's giving you direction is that reception of Jesus in the Eucharist as often as possible. Is that right? I would say, yes, that certainly is, is a cornerstone. Um, I also have, and it's, it's waxed and waned in, in the past, but I try to keep a, a strong, true devotion um, to the blessed Virgin Mary mm -hmm. as well. I a hundred percent believe that it was through her intercession um, that led me, you know, to meet my husband, Marty, you know, and, and you know my story, Lisa, we, we've talked about this many a times, you know, uh, as another, in, as a discussion with another woman, but, you know, I had prayed for so long, you know, Lord, please help me to meet a holy and Catholic spouse, someone that I can share my life and my faith with, and who we can, you know, live together, kind of like from the passage from Tobit, you know, to a happy old age, and, and yes. you know, serve, you know, you all the days of our life, and um, you know, through that intercession, that constant prayer, especially asking Mary to intercede to her son, Jesus. Um, and I had a devotion, too, where I was uh, at the prompting of my spiritual director. I was bringing 
arose to the Marian altar at our church once a week. And just with that prayer and saying, you know, your will be done. I don't want my will to interfere, to conflict. I want to do what you want me to do. Mm. And I really believe that it was through that that I was led, you know, to meet my husband, who I just happened to uh, be introduced to him, you know, at a theology on tap and then later again at a Bible study. So, um, forever. That story is so beautiful. Can you can you remind me, Angela, like how many days do you think it was or, or weeks? I guess you said it was once a week that you would go into the church and place a rose at the foot of Our Lady. I think it was actually even over a year, maybe somewhere closer to 15 or 18 months, I think. And after a while, it became, you know, this is the Holy Family. It's not just Mary. So after a while, I started to bring a lily. Um, to St. Joseph as well, being that he is the, you know, the foster father of Jesus and the protector of virgins and, yeah. you know, was protector and, and caretaker of the Virgin Mary. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, he is the ideal, the prime example of what an earthly, you know, Catholic, well, he was Jewish, but, a, you know, heavenly spouse, <laughs> you know, was supposed to look like. Um, so I, I really prayed for his intercession as well. And, you know, God heard my prayer for the intercession of his saints. That is so beautiful. Praise God. Oh, so, so beautiful. Wow. All right. Next question. Um, What do you love most about being Catholic? Ooh, that's a great question, Lisa. (laughs) Ooh. I don't know that there's one thing that I love most about it, but I can just say that, you know, when I when I attend mass and when I hear And I just wanted to clarify also, Lisa, when I, you know, truth and beauty in Catholicism, that is definitely not to say that there is not truth and beauty in other aspects of Christianity or other world religions. It's just that Catholicism, you know, rings truest um, in my heart to me. So just wanted to clarify that there. That makes sense. That makes sense. And we know that God does reveal himself to different people and different cultures and different ways in different times. And we have to be respectful of that. And thank God 
that he does. It just makes the world a more beautiful and diverse place. Yeah. I think it's wonderful. Yeah, and he loves us all. He loves yeah. us all. That's beautiful. Thank you. Okay, here's my next question. Okay. Tell us how your sense of fashion and faith merge together. Fashion and faith merge together. I mean, you could even you could even tell us about like how you decorate your living space. Okay. Whatever. Okay. I yeah, I, I like that thought about, you know, fashion and, and faith merging together. Um it reminds me, um, actually, of a wedding that we had attended where the bride was wearing, it was in the wintertime, so it was more appropriate maybe for the weather, but the bride wore this beautiful long sleeve gown. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, I don't think I'd ever appreciate a gown with sleeves or enjoy a gown with sleeves, but to see her, you know, in something that was certainly more modest than what you typically see, you know, in bridal fashion, she looked stunning. She mm -hmm. looked absolutely beautiful and I think that you know modesty is certainly a very underrated virtue you know you see it in the push for you know less is more and you know even again I went when I went shopping with my mom I'm looking at these jeans and it says like on the little tag it's like have a better butt and it's like you know okay what kind of message are we sending to teenage girls you know you're mm -hmm. certainly the same type of message to teenage boys where they're probably thinking I just want the most comfortable athletic shorts that I can play baseball in you know mm -hmm. or, or sports or whatever and you know I think it's you know really important to make sure that we're really being mindful of, of modesty you know especially in this day and age so mm -hmm. I guess that's one thought that I had and you know when you said when it came to decor um yeah I, I certainly in my uh, in our living space here we certainly do have lots of um catholic iconography um and pictures and you know just seeing those things and um having them as a constant reminder actually my, my uh wallpaper on my phone or my uh screen when i unlock my phone is actually a picture of the sacred heart and i did that intentionally because it's like you know if i'm frustrated or if i'm maybe not in the right frame of mind where I may be irritable or edgy. It's like, okay, well, there's Jesus. How is Jesus going to react to this? How would Jesus react in that situation? How does it influence me to respond better and to become a better person? Um, so I try to keep myself surrounded with, uh, you know, reminders of, of holiness, you know, it's possible throughout my day to, to ground myself, you know, to make sure that I'm, responding as I should and am I being loving and charitable am I loving my neighbor am I being you know considering maybe that they have other you know maybe they're having a stressful day and if they're not to take it out on them or you know whatever it may be I think that's important to to keep that in the forefront I have loved coming over to your place because your your home is just beautifully decorated with oh, so much you. Catholic art in every corner and it's just I I just feel such a sense of joy when I come there and oh, awesome. and you're absolutely right like we need these visual reminders whether it's on your phone or whether it's something hanging on the wall or wherever it is that you're going to be looking you're right to have to keep it all in perspective and to remember, you know, we're passing through in this life. We're on a journey. And mm -hmm. the more we can help the people around us, you know, the better. 
And Angela, I forgot to say, I I believe I know what is your best fashion accessory. What's you, that, Lisa? Your smile. Oh, <laughs> thank you. That's because so nice. you have you have a beautiful smile and you wear it all the time. And I just want to talk about that for a moment because I feel like so many people don't realize the value of a smile and it is it is the best accessory we can wear it's what god gave us to wear right and if you put on a smile you don't know how that is going to benefit somebody that you might it might be a stranger that you just flash a smile at and that might help their day go a little bit better that is so true you know we i don't think that we often realize the impact that just the subtle gestures or subtle interactions that we have with people, how that really can positively or negatively um, affect them. I remember I'm always saying, she's like, and smile. That is God's gift. That is what he has blessed you with, you know, loud and proud, you know? Um, And I find that I I often smile very subconsciously more often than not. I don't even often realize sometimes, Mm -hmm. but you know, I have noticed that even if it's something that I'm not, you know, cognitively aware of, you know, people certainly react more pleasantly to you when, even if you don't know who they are, just a big smile, you know, it's a contagious thing. So you're so right. And it, it, there's benefits for us. Like I heard that if you're having a stressful moment, you're supposed to smile anyway, even if you don't feel like it, because (laughs) just the act of smiling and moving those facial muscles is enough to like trigger parts of your brain to like relax and feel happy. That sounds great. So there's actually smile therapy that you can do, which is amazing. So, and, and so just the more times we smile in a day, the more, the more it benefits us too, in addition to the people that we're around. So, yeah, I just want to say that because I absolutely love your smile and you always have it on. You always have it on. And, um, and now here's like a little tangent to that. How do we get around the fact that now so many people are wearing masks and I, and I fully understand why, but there is a sadness to the fact that we can't see one another's smiles. So how do we, how can we indicate that we're smiling when you can't see our mouths? Like, what do we do? (laughs) You know, even if you can't see your mouth because of the mask, you still, you know, rock that smile because even when you do, people can still see the, the light in your eyes or the crinkle in your eyes that, you know, indicate that, you know, there's, you're emitting a joy or a pleasantness or a, um, a sense of peace or, or calm. So, you know, make sure that even, even though we're in an age of masks and it doesn't seem like that's going to be letting up anytime soon, you know, just, you know, the light of your eyes from the smile, I think helps to convey the message as well. People can still tell, you know, if you're joyful or, or, or not joyful behind the mask, you know. You know what, even... you're right, you're right. So joy is exuded from us, even if we're not smiling, or even if you can't see our smile, you might, like you said, you might see it in the light of our eyes, hopefully, and hopefully we're exuding that Christian joy because we're, you know, we're children of God. Absolutely, and especially in this day and age where so many people are, you know, either you know, very stressed or dealing with health concerns or financial concerns, you know, it's so important to just, just be kind to one another, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. You're so right. All right. Tell me who influences your faith, Angela. All right. Well, on this side of heaven, it would certainly be um, my mom. She 
is also a, a daily mass Catholic and you know we always went to church and things like that growing up but even in the past in, in my adult years I've even seen her faith formation really just continue mm. you know to grow in, in leaps and bounds and you know through my teenage years and in my 20s and even now it's like you know, I know that if I talk to her about you know a problem that I have or a frustration or just need some advice you know her her all her permanent go-to is just Ange you know all things work to the good for for those who love the Lord or she'll offer to pray with me or she'll offer to or if I have a concern she'll say okay just stop right there we're gonna take some time you and I and just pray together right now for whatever this may be you know so I'm always surrounded frequently just by a very prayerful loving presence which is great um Yes, and also, um, I really got a good, healthy dose of faith from uh, my grandparents as well. Uh, growing up, they lived, oh my gosh, maybe two or three minutes away. So I was there all the time, you know, from as young as I can remember. I have memories of just, you know, anytime we would get in the car, even if we were just driving 15, 20 minutes down the road, my grandmother and grandfather were always kind of, kind of like in tandem, like praying the rosary or... Yeah, I was, oh my gosh, maybe preschool age and I would walk to church, you know, with them for morning mass and then we'd go and have like toast and hot chocolate at the little uh, cafe down the road and all their other kind of retired friends would be there too. And then we'd have, you know, they'd have their grandchildren in tow. And so I just have many wonderful, wonderful memories. And my grandfather was especially, he was such a prayerful man you know, he had a bible i remember and actually I, I have this bible he's since passed away but it is just highlighted up and marked up you know in his writing and different prayers that he would you know pray like his own prayers that he would pray for the family or psalms that he really loved and it's really been a, a blessing and a treasure to have you know to have that as a, a tangible you know memory of him he was really you know my first true love so to speak and like this is what a good and holy man is supposed to look like so I have you know the highest regard and, and fondest memories of him um, also on the more famous side of things I suppose Mother Teresa was always always my girl and I know that sounds kind of cliche because she's kind of like the peace and love you know world peace kind of a... <laughs> um, you know she's who I took my confirmation name for in seventh grade when I was being confirmed and I just loved her idea of you know I'm gonna give up everything I have and I'm gonna go and love God's poor and the poorest of the poor the undesirables the untouchables and I'm gonna you know provide for their physical needs and medical needs and you know allow them the grace to die with dignity I think that's beautiful and you know if I had an avenue even in my own professional life to do that I definitely definitely would um, so she's been a great influencer on my life. I'm so glad that she's a saint now. And also St. Therese and, and her little way and just, you know, even if it's something tiny, you know, every little bit counts for the, the glory and, and, and love of God. And again, like I said, my man, Pierre Giorgio Frassati, he's, uh, <laughs> he's up there too. Those are, those are the big ones for sure. And of course, the, the Holy Family as well. And you know, Angela, you do, you are emulating Mother Teresa in your work. And although you might not be, you know, working with the poorest of the poor, you know, there is a quote from Mother Teresa, and I forget how it goes, but she says something like, you be you in, in your life, because I can't do what you do. 
Right, I know what you mean. I think I've heard that one before. Yeah, too. something to the effect of like you have to be the Mother Teresa to those patients that you encounter because right. you're as closest as they could come. And and Mother Teresa, even if she was alive, you know, she would have been in Calcutta and and not not right here where you are. And right. so, I love that you know that we have to be the the hands and the feet of Christ. Yes. And, and you are doing that in your job. I think, I think your career that you chose is so, so fitting for you as a person because you're doing the corporal works of mercy. I mean, you do the spiritual works of mercy all the time. And then your work allows you to do the corporal works of mercy every day. Do you realize that? Like you're doing both constantly. I don't know that I've thought too much about it before, but it really... You know, when you put it that way, it, it really makes me feel blessed to be, you know, in the career that I have. So, yeah, I, I have great admiration for for you in many in many areas. And one in particular is your is your career for sure. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so, Angela, who influences your sense of fashion? You know, I don't know that I really have anybody in particular who influences my my sense of fashion since I you know I'm certainly more of a comfy and relaxed type of uh you know prefer that type of clothing but I will say you know when I think of you know really beautiful fashion and since I have to think of you Lisa and I'm not just saying that friends or because I'm on your show but I really think like you know, the different times that we hang out, just you really have a good sense of like what looks good together, what colors coordinate together. You know, I do not have that. I have to, if I have a fashion question, I have to call my sister and say, and her, who's also named Lisa, I'm like, Lisa, do pink and orange really go together? Because I'd wear it, you know, and she's looking, oh my gosh, what is wrong with you? I even, I have to ask Marty too, and sometimes that, you know, he's like, oh, I don't know, sure, that looks great. I'm like, are you sure it looks great? <laughs> That's so funny. Well, thank you for saying that, though. You know what? This is a great opportunity for me to ask you because Michael and I talked about this on a previous episode one time. We talked about scrubs. And I want to know, because you do wear scrubs, right? Not in this current job, but I have worn scrubs quite a bit in the past. Oh, okay. Okay. So let me ask you, like, are you cold in scrubs? Um, not Usually, okay. I mean, I will say most office buildings that I've been in, especially in the summertime, the air is cranked high up, so I'm usually wearing some type of a of a sweatshirt or longer sleeve, regardless. Okay. Um, for the most part, I've been pretty comfortable in scrubs, and my sister always used to tease me. She's like, "Oh, lucky you get to wear pajamas to work." In a way, it's kind of like, "Yeah, kind of do." <laughs> <laughs> because I I would imagine that your profession does influence you know, what you're going to wear every day. Right. And, and I have always worried that our healthcare workers would be chilly wearing scrubs because I just feel like they're, it's a thin fabric, but I guess you can wear layers, you know? And a lot of times with as much as you're moving in healthcare, that certainly helps you to keep from getting too cold as well. There's always somebody who needs something or you okay. have to, you know, X, Y, and Z concerns. So you move in pretty good. So that <laughs> to combat the cold because if not I would be freezing all the time yeah. I know that yeah because I feel like you don't see doctors wearing like a cardigan if they're cold right you know like you better make sure it seems like doctors and nurses better do under layering if they're going to be cold right and that is, that's that, helpful 
that you have to like anticipate. Whereas I feel like the rest of us, we just layer on top of things if we get cold. And I, and I feel like our, our doctors and our nurses, healthcare workers have to underlayer instead. And that's a challenge. Absolutely. I, I don't know. I feel like maybe we should offer them more fashion opportunities to, to layer on top if needed. I think that should be allowed. I would love for you to, to design something like that. I would certainly be <laughs> your first uh, sale for sure. <laughs> be like Lisa from fashion by faith is concerned that all you uh, healthcare workers are, you know, either too hot or too cold. And she wants to make sure that you can adapt your temperature throughout the day as needed with your clothing. Environment, exactly. <laughs> medical clothing. I love it. Great. Um, but I really, I really admire what you do, Angela. And I know that especially with this pandemic that we've been in, like, you know, you've been very courageous going, getting up and going to work every day and giving dignity to your patients and helping in whatever way needed. And, Oh, I just, I, I really admire you and all people in that field because you're just, you have a special charism, which truly is a, is a facet of God himself, I think, you know. Thank you so much, Lisa. Yeah. Well, Angela, this interview has been so much fun. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Lisa. It is now time for our holy homework so would you like to be the one that assigns the homework this week? Sure. That sounds great. Okay. Fashion by Faith podcast listeners, the holy homework this week is actually going to be too faceted. The first thing I'd like you to try is to deliberately, um, over the course of the week, try to smile, you know, more even to your family and friends, your co-workers, and even to strangers on the street. And it doesn't have to be with every interaction, but just try to think like deliberately, okay, at least one time a day, I'm going to deliberately, you know, smile and just kind of see, engage the, the reactions that you respond, you know, the responses that you get and kind of see how that goes. Okay. And the second part of the homework I would say is try to purposefully, um, Put some type of religious or Catholic image in a place where you frequently look. So whether it's on the bathroom mirror, like I said, the wallpaper on your phone, um, on your nightstand before you go to bed, you know, something that's going to give you a tangible reminder of Jesus and see if that changes how you may respond or interact um, with your loved ones. Let's see. I love those. Those are great. I'm jotting them down because I'm going to do the exact, I'm going to do that. I think that's awesome. awesome holy homework. And also just to add to your smile, <clears throat> you know, it's so important for us to smile at ourselves too. So I would like to add to your holy homework. When we look in the mirror, smile at yourself. I love it. Because um, I used to do that all the time when I was a little girl. And then you become an adult and you're like, you look at the mirror in a more functional way right? instead of like a dress up kind of way. And anyway, I, I think seeing a smile on yourself in the mirror is also important. I love the homework you assigned. Thank you. Thank Angela. you. Sure. <laughs> well, I really appreciate this and um, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and thank you so much for, for your time. Thank you. It's been an honor to be a guest at the fashion by faith podcast. 
you're such a wonderful friend. God bless you, Lisa. Oh, I love you, Angela. (laughs) Bye. Thanks for listening to the Fashioned by Faith podcast. We'll see you on Wednesday for our next episode. In the meantime, spread the word and visit fashionedbyfaith.com. And until then, stay true to the faith and keep growing in style.